Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Have you been keeping track of the butterflies that have been all over Joburg? I've seen beautiful pictures on Instagram. Um, and some, uh, you know, it's like a little short videos and some are just pictures. And I, I, I was absolutely intrigued by this. And I'm told uh, this is a voyage to Madagascar. But the person who knows all about this is Earl Whiteley, who joins me now on the line. Earl Whiteley, you're a conservationist. Thank you so much. And, and you understand where these butterflies are headed. Hi. Good afternoon, Earl. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Well, Earl, I mean, first of all, what a sight. I don't remember seeing anything like it for for, for this kind of extended period. It's been a couple of days now. Where are they headed to and where do they come from? Uh, Well, they have three different migration routes. Um, The one that concerns the Jabbit area is our second migration route. And that starts off uh, of Nature Reserve and goes to the Kruger National Park eventually, and then to Cockfontaine Dam Reserve, and then generally in the direction of the Kruger National Park and the Ponte districts of uh, Mozambique, and then further up north into Africa. Okay, so so which which one is this one? Um, this is the second one. This is the second one. I yeah. mean, have you seen... I've, I've never seen it for as extended a period of time as we've seen it. Is this common? No, it's not common. The biggest one we had was 2002... One than 2002. What you have to remember is that what you are seeing is about 3% of the butterflies that are busy flying. <laughs> and, and what's happening? I'm told that there needs to, they, they needs to kind of refuel some nectar and so on yeah. uh, before they uh, look, they, they start off um, in the western, western areas on the western coast. And then as they fly up this side, obviously a butterfly is not going to fly all the way from uh, the Western Cape all the way to North Africa mm. by itself. It cannot make the distance. But what it does do is it, f- it starts flying, and as it's going in route, uh, they copulate with other uh, specimens, the males and the females, and then the uh, gravid female would then lay eggs in route, and then eventually they will die. And in that same belt where they're coming through, new ones are busy hatching, and they join in the migration. And the further north it goes, the bigger it gets. So I mean, this is the rolling action that yeah. you actually see. Uh, it's, and then it's, they stop every 20 minutes to, to refuel. You know, they've got to drink nectar because yeah. they've got very little liquid in their, their bodies which will evaporate very quickly. So they've got to stop consistently to, to feed. Uh, what do we attribute this this period that we've seen? You said it's not common for us to see them sort of for such a, a long stretch of time like we've seen them now. No. What do we attribute uh, this to? Uh, this is this is due to the, the good weather conditions, the, the lots of rain that we've had, the, the amount of host plant that they, is available to them, eating uh, flowers on on in route. So therefore, it is extended. Um, if it is very dry and the the flowers are less for them to feed, and obviously they will die out much sooner. Is the route the same all the time? Uh, like I said, we've got three major routes that we are following. Um, this particular one is the second one that we've been following all the time uh, since 1993. But there are many smaller routes that join on to these, these main routes. Um, they sort of uh, congregate together and then go. But there are three different separate routes because of climate change and because of the environment where they are. Um, like you will get some butterflies that run across the desert area. 
Um, you know, so the, the, the roots are depicted as they go along. Uh, just explain that to me. You, you just said that, they, you know, they could be affected by climate change. In what sense would they be affected by climate change? Just elaborate on that for us, please, Earl. Well, look, if, if the climate is, is extremely dry in your area, and a lot of the grasses and the flowers die before the butterflies get there, obviously they're not going to make it. So they, their numbers dwindle very quickly. So if you have, instead of 100% flowers uh, in the area for them to, to feed on, and you only got 10%, then the 100% butterflies that be coming through wouldn't, wouldn't get food. So eventually only the little 10% would be able to survive. So the migration would become automatically much smaller. Uh, so we are saying that this seems like a good time for them, and it seems like we are seeing a more extended period of them refueling with nectar. Does it mean that this looks like a more successful um, this is, route? Yeah, this, this is a nice successful for, for one, like I said, since 2002. This has been the best one so far. Wow. And, and obviously, as you said, the, the rains have, have, have helped somewhat with the oh, success yes, of this particular definitely, route. Definitely. But, but I, I'm assuming that, you know, just because we've got rain in one region, it doesn't mean that by the end we'll, we'll be, it will be successful. So is it too early to call it? Um, look, it depends on, on your weather conditions. Generally, it, it, it's uh, throughout South Africa that the general conditions of weather is nice. Um, uh, some butterflies, some of the, the ones are in dry areas and they feed on different types of flowers that are in dry areas and they get a little bit of rain and then it's, then it's successful. Uh, in the very wet areas, of course, the more flowers you get, the, the greater the success is. Uh, the Karoo area specifically has got a lot of fame boss, so it would be successful like, even though it's very dry and very hot, but there's a lot of flowers for them. So yes, it determines the, the success of the migration. For us bystanders, I, I know that we've been taking out our cameras and so on. Can we maybe do something to our gardens to keep them longer in one particular garden? Is there anything you can give us tips on, Earl? Um, well, basically, uh, the more flowers you've got, uh, not alien flowers, obviously, indigenous flowers, uh, lots of grasses that they, uh, they would feed on, you'll be surprised that they love things like blackjacks. Mm. And blackjacks is the weed to us, so we pull them out. <laughs> I know, but they know. they need a lot of the the, the grassland flowers, um, a lot of fine fine flowers is where they get the nectar from. The very big flowers actually have no nectar in for them, so you hardly see them settling on it. So 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 um, maybe but, just not cutting the grass at this very moment would be a good no, idea. Like, you know, if you, uh, then your grass gets very long again. <laughs> just leave it there <laughs> for a while. Lots of fields. There's lots of fields outside the city limits and on the long side of the roads. You'll find a lot of them on the roadsides where the grass is longer, where it is flowering. You'll find a lot of low uh, shrubby bushes uh, with purple flowers and little yellow flowers that are small. And you'll, as you're driving, you'll see hundreds of them along the road. So they, there, is, there is enough food in that sense for them, but you can't actually keep them in one place long enough because they yeah. are migrating. Yes, they just want to feed and then they are going to move on. Really lovely talking to you. Thank you so much, Earl Whiteley, who's the Director of Conservation uh, Butterflies SA. And uh, we're just talking about that migration, that beautiful site we've been exposed to here in Johannesburg, butterflies migrating. And uh, he says it's a good season, so we should all be happy about that. Two o'clock, let's go to Utsi Lesaku now for the latest in SABC News.